set your system's volume control for slightly above the normal listening level. Let's go. Second level thinking is defined as looking beyond the easy, obvious conclusions. You got to do some smart thinking. Welcome to the second level. To the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Where we go beyond the box score. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's your host, Aton Shander. Huge news. Coming across our laps just seconds before. Now, the show began, and you know, we wait a couple of minutes before we come on. It's six after the hour right now. and I did all I could possibly in my body to withhold dropping this nugget of information. Even teased it earlier because I wanted to maximize the audience. You see, I don't really care about the information, nor do I care about the subject of the information. I just want you listening. I just want you watching because that's all that really matters here. And if it's something huge, something gigantic, well, then I'm going to build it up as global. If it's something small and minuscule, then I'm going to build it up as global. But the piece of information that I got regarding professional sports regarding something specific about a professional athlete. you j- I want you to sit down. If you don't have a seatbelt on, if you don't have a means to control your body, a reaction, it's going to be like Jerry Jones getting strapped down the night of the draft. You can't physically get up, sir. No, you have to stay there. You just wait until this took some investigative journalism This took some serious reporting. I had a couple of people working for me. They chose to be anonymous because of how big of a piece of information this actually is. But I just want you, really, I want you to hang on because this thing is humongous. Now, part of me wanted to do this for the whole hour and just drag it on and drag it on and keep talking about it and keep talking. Just completely Andy Kaufman. But, of course... When I have something like this, you have to know which NFL athlete we found has acid reflux. Because it's going to change your world, I promise. You're going to look at professional sports in a completely different manner. What the hell happened last night? And as much as I'll pile on, rightfully so, on the guy who broke that news, I have another question that isn't really discussed as much. At Shander Show, twitch.tv slash Shander Show is how you follow along. It's the second level. Beneath the surface, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. What exactly happened last night? This guy teased news for a day about earth-shattering sports information. Went on his own network to promote it and then cleared things up in the morning saying, no, 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 this isn't a player transaction, anything along those lines. I set odds on 
my local show last night about what it could possibly be. You know, this Jay Glazier thing. Right? Like, what, what could it possibly be where you would have this major announcement that he's saying would not, of course, be anything regarding a player transaction, things like that. So trade, right, uh, firing, anything along those lines, it wouldn't be. What would it be? Well, I think first and foremost, I thought that it would have something to do with the NFL. The NFL would come out and definitively tell us either they're good to go, let's keep going, nothing's changing, we're locked into opening day. As crazy as that may sound, and I would be as skeptical as that if it were the opposite, which is we have to push everything back because we're not ready to go. It's still way too long out to make a decision about either one, but I thought that might be coming. Because if you take Glazier for his word, which I guess is laughable now for some, for others, I told you, but if you look at what he at least put out there, it would have some gigantic implication on the NFL. That was number one. Number two, kind of below it, because I had that at you know minus 150. But below that, something with the NFL draft. We already know that a lot of teams are on edge. There's concern about the technology. There's concern about how much you're going to get as far as people hacking you and teams maybe a little resistant or apprehensive to trade. Maybe there was some hack or maybe there was some sort of technological fail that would cause a delay or, or something major. And that would be huge a week out. That would be gigantic. And number three, and maybe this was just wishful thinking, of course, on my end, was the NFL would announce they would buy the XFL. That the NFL would come out with that announcement and say, yeah, we're, we're buying the XFL. Now, that would be something else, right? Because then I, I think you could look at it and, wow, they save everything. They fix everything. Moving forward, this would be a complete huge feeder league. At no point setting those odds that I think that Jay Glazer would tease for a day the violation, what I thought, of Brian Allen's privacy only to just maximize as many people as he possibly could get on his show. That's what I could not fathom at all, and shame on me for not putting that past him. But I don't know what happened after that because, rightfully so, the initial reaction, I even had it, was, oh, my goodness, what are you doing? This is terrible. I I saw everybody uh, from people on the network, Matt Peralt and others that I follow around the world, being like, dude, wrong move. How do you do that? How do you tease that? The means to get to that is awful. Jay Glazer should be vilified and ripped for what he did without question. And I'm not saying move on. I'm not saying but actually or also. What I'm saying is there was this other element that I just assumed would be the opposite until Peralt and others filled me in on Twitter after the fact. But I'm watching people react to this live And I'm thinking, wow, does Brian Allen have a a suit here? Does Brian Allen have any legal stand? It's not disclosing a hamstring injury. It's not disclosing a bruised shoulder. And then I find out that Allen himself is the one who offered up the information to Jay Glazier. So why? Why? This is not telling your buddy. And even if you are mad tight with Jay, 
don't you understand his job? Don't you under? It doesn't add up unless Brian Allen wanted this out. And Brian Allen shouldn't be shamed in his own right. It just doesn't make sense to me when I look at this on the surface and I see Jay Glazier completely duped a lot of people. This is not anything remotely close to what he promised or teased. It's not news right now in the offseason, especially because the guy is symptom-free. He's expected, if he hasn't already, to make a full recovery. Oh, by the way, there was also a Raiders player that and his wife who had it earlier reportedly, so this wasn't even Jay Glazier's like big drop of a bomb. It doesn't add up. Then you add the element of why Brian Allen would want this out there unless he himself wanted it out there. Now, I I don't get that from a couple of angles, but it also, I don't want to say saturates, but it takes away, I think, a little bit of the rage directed at Glazer. Not to say that he shouldn't have reported this at all. The means, again, to get to that destination were terrible, awful, and, and it was tone deaf at best of a decision that he made. And you know now, looking back in hindsight, the reason why he did this was to get everybody out there to follow along and watch and watch and watch. And you were duped. And hopefully next time, if you haven't muted that account, hopefully next time you'll know better how many times can this person cry wolf before I say no more, no more. Put that aside because I think that's an easy one for a second. Why, and I ask this at Shander Show, of course, you can follow along on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Shander Show. Ron Culver in the house at Ron2Ns Culver on Twitter. And as predicted, I have botched the sound. <laughs> I've made something bad to work. So people that are watching right now can't hear me. We'll put that aside. The bigger thing is people can hear us on the radio, thanks to you. I don't know what I'm missing, and I, I can open this up as wide of a discussion as we want. I'm thinking in the current climate that we're in where it's not that we're putting people who are positive in their own internment camps and rounding them up to that level but we are quarantining people we are making sure that they stay out of public areas we are making doing our best at least from coast to coast north to south making sure that people who are testing positive, even if they're asymptomatic, especially, right, because they may not even know it until they test positive, stay the hell out of any sight from the public, including, of course, people that might be outside your immediate reach, even your household. If you have young children or older people living in your house, you have to quarantine from them. I don't know what the gain is. And again, this is not coming from a frame of attack or a frame of rip or trying to shame Brian Allen in any regard, and and I don't think people would reach that conclusion, but hey, you never know right now. I don't get what the end game is for Brian Allen to go to Jay Glazer and say, hey, I tested positive for COVID-19, I'm fine, I lost my sense of smell, I believe, or taste, I'm getting that and the Mackinac peaches mixed up, but it's coming back, it's going to come back, it's fine, I'll be okay. Is it helping your buddy out? Is it, hey, Jay, you know, I I got something for you, man. I got a huge scoop. You wrote something about me two years ago, and it was really, again, I'm just throwing something ridiculously hypothetical out there, but I don't know what the end game would be. And that does factor into this whole thing that happened. I know this has been a topic across the board. I know everybody has brought it up in some regard, but 
the one thing, and I even put it out there on Twitter last night, he told, Brian Allen told Glazier, period, why, question mark. And again, if you're familiar with me, you know I miss a lot of stuff. If you've been listening and following me, Philadelphia and beyond on the network now for a couple of years, you know I miss things, which is why I bring stuff up to put it out there. Sometimes it's day-to-day. Hey, I told you I was in the doghouse. I basically stayed a day downstairs in the basement as far as trying to get the hell away from the trouble that I caused. I threw it out there trying to get advice. It doesn't mean that I know everything, and I admit it, and try to, especially if I feel like I'm missing something obvious. So I combed through this a couple of times to try to figure out, well, what exactly would be the motivation? Do you think that there is anything beyond the obvious, Ron, that would lead Brian Allen to make this news about himself without, of course, the shadow or the light of trying to shame or point a finger? Like, I'm not and I don't think anybody would be, I think that we can objectively raise that question, which is what does Brian Allen have to gain from going to Jay Glazer and giving him this piece of information that he knows at some point, in some way, in some manner, is going to be turned around as news. What does Brian Allen gain from it? And again, not asking from a position of accusing or shaming, but more just objectivity. Well, see, I'm just curious, was he trying to gain anything? I mean, on the one hand, he, he could have just been saying, hey, Jay, I got, um, I'm just going to let you know, you know, th- this is what's happening with me. Maybe they had a planned workout together because, you know, Jay rolls in those circles. I don't know. But maybe he just came out. Maybe he offered up the, you know, offered up the knowledge of saying, hey, you know, I have, uh, I, I came down with corona, uh, coronavirus. And Jay decided to, I feel that Jay decided to spin it and put his total Skip Bayless uh, clickbait thing on it. And just tease, tease, tease for the last, what, two days, three days? Basically about, about let, a day and a half. Yeah, yeah, and let everybody come to their own conclusions about what big news Jay Glazer's going to, what is so big that he's got to do it on TV, that he can't just throw it out there. This is something he could have thrown out there. We all, we all would have just ran with it and gone, okay. yep, it's in the NFL now. We knew but it was going to happen. And I get that where, on this, right again, where Brian Allen or, or anybody – has this piece of information and they're just casually telling their friend or somebody See, they I'm know. I'm wondering if Brian Allen That's knew. Jay Glazer. I know, but I'm wondering if Brian, Brian Allen knew that that was the news Jay Glazer was teasing. Well, here's the thing, though. How, how do you tell something to Jay Glazer and not expect it to be news? And again, you're right. I'll meet you halfway in that I don't think that there is a spectacle like that, right? Like, I don't think that Brian Allen probably thought that there was some sort of spectacle going on. But, man, how do you not expect it to be some sort of news, right? Right. So I feel I like... just. I mean, I mean, you know it's news, but I don't... I, I can't... I don't, I don't know where the disconnect <laughs> is, where it's... I'm telling you, man. Whereas Brian... You know, was it Brian Allen saying, hey, man, tease it, save it. You know, I'm going to be the first. Ha ha. You know, but no, it, I don't even think it's like that. Even, though. And neither do I. I see. That's why I don't think he knew that that was the news that Jay Glazer was going to tease. I think Jay Glazer was just like, you know what? I'm going to roll with this because I, I need some attention. Well, look. First off, we fixed the sound issue, so no more issues there. Yeah, live. You did? Yes, I did. Just kidding. As, as no, you I'm speaking. trying to mess with you. No, no, no. See, I, I wouldn't let you. I was talking over you, so people would. I've already lost like half the Twitch audience. I'm trying to keep what I have left. Well, that's not because of sound. <laughs> that's true. That is true. It only took three days too. 
Well, no, I, I get what you're saying, and I think the naivety of it is shocking. Like, Brian Allen being that naive to not anticipate telling a Yenta, somebody like Jay Glazer, who just can't wait to talk, right? Oh, my goodness. That's what, uh, you know, growing up in a Jewish household in Queens, New York, and Stanford, Connecticut, that's what they called people in, you know, our family who talked. So isn't, isn't you know, Glazer is somebody who's going to talk. Glazer's going to go somebody to, he's going to make it news. And even if he tweeted it out, right, even, let's just say it's the complete opposite. At Shander Show, twitch.tv slash Shander Show. You can run up on Twitter as well, at ron 2 ends Culver. Think of this. Why, right, why else would it be an issue? Or why else would it be news? Or why else would it be anything unless you give it to Jay Glazer? Like, what in the world would it be outside of Jay Glazer taking some information and making it news? Also, this hour, a couple of things we'll get into this whole thing with the Odell Beckham hypothetical and Jeopardy, because I know Ron and I already stand on opposite ends of it. It's the second level. Listening to the second level on SB Nation Radio and on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Click and Loans from the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios with way more than the scores. Here's Aton Shander. At Shander shows how you can follow along on Twitter and put the tweet out earlier about that huge news. You'll have to wait and hear which NFL player has acid reflux as I'm sure it will change your life. But we want you listening. We don't give away the tease right now. We'll do fake news an hour from now. John McMullen at 1240 Eastern. We'll get his thoughts on this trade that I guess was going to happen, but it wasn't going to happen. It was announced. And then, well, no, 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 no. It's actually in the works. And then, no, 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 no. It was, it was never in the works. Mike Trout, we talked with Seth Everett yesterday about players and there's this general concern from a lot of players, especially those with families or families-to-be, about signing up for this experiment and diving in the deep end with Major League Baseball, starting and being that first real sport, even before the NBA, to kind of go out there. I know there's this test, that this randomized test that MLB is trying to get into that will be testing for antibodies and using that, of course, moving forward, especially to determine if people can exist, if you will, and play in this biosphere, this biodome, or this radius that they draw out around what's most likely going to be greater Phoenix. And look, a lot of this stuff is a month and a half, two months away anyway, as we're told they'll need at least four weeks for this whole thing with spring training. I watched this last live last night. I saw it happen live last night. I watched the entire 30 minutes episode, and knew what was going to happen because it always happens. We always get caught up in this bubble that sports is known and followed and appreciated by everybody. And when we run into somebody who doesn't follow it or should know something that's as basic as something you, myself, Ron, others know, then just point your finger and laugh. And before you hear this clip and Ron will fill in and 
explain why I'm wrong, of course. Before you hear this woman, young woman, who was on the college edition of Jeopardy and the awful sports question that she missed, it is fascinating to me to watch social media erupt and quote the tweet and quote the clip and quote the audio and, you know, Yahoo baseball accounts and hardball and all these others act like they wouldn't be sitting there down minus 9,000 on Couch Jeopardy getting question after question wrong, hoping and waiting that that one, this player scored 100 points in a basketball game question would pop up and you would maybe hit the daily double. Let's listen to this young woman from USC mishandle a question, and I'll be fair, and then Ron will tell me why I'm wrong. One of the topics covered in a Major League Baseball course at Arizona State is this player who broke the color barrier in 1947. Schauke. Who is Babe Ruth? No. Nathaniel. Who is Jackie Robinson? Yes. Okay. First off, she won. Yeah. And she won through savvy. This was something out of the James Holzhauer playbook, how she won. She also, as somebody who watched the entire 30-minute episode, Ron, she nailed a couple of questions that those dudes had no idea even where to begin. And were they sports-related? Of course not. Okay. Were they? Was that rhetorical? This woman didn't know who Jackie Robinson I'm is. Just, you what, know, throwing what it out there. What sport question would she answer? Now, see, there is an <laughs> argument out there for her. Okay. That I, you're that, saying against her? Or? No, no, no. For her, that you know what? Um, that obviously she doesn't know baseball. Obviously, she doesn't know the significance. And I, the fact that it was on yesterday is even you know, even funnier to me. <laughs> well, uh, it's timing, of course. Right. Yeah. I mean, this was filmed months ago. Sure. You just, people got to remember this because Jeopardy, Will of Fortune, all the game shows, they, everything is on hiatus right now. There's nothing being filmed at all. So this was filmed months ago before, you know, and it just happens to be on Jackie Robinson Day when we get to see it. But there is a conspiracy theory out there that maybe she believes. I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt here that there is a conspiracy theory about Babe Ruth. Right. That he's Dominican. That he's Dominican or that he is he was an African American man. Right. Just a person uh, of color. You know, yeah, a person of color. Uh, you know, maybe a Blake Griffin, if you will. Well, sure. I mean, I, I think there's also So there's that conspiracy theory. Correct. There is that conspiracy theory. <laughs> I'm trying to help her out, man. I just felt well, bad well, for her. Yeah, but hold on a second. I'm gonna take it a step further because I didn't know that she went to USC. Maybe she just doesn't want to answer a question about Arizona State correctly. Well, yeah, there's been well, a rivalry UCLA. there. UCLA, exactly. <laughs> Arizona State. Where'd that well, no, come from? Because it was no, it was uh, it was a um, uh, the question had to deal with Arizona State. It was a, a subject or a, a class that you can take. Oh, okay. Okay. And Even it's, though it's Jackie, okay. yeah, Jackie went to UCLA. Yeah, right. But um, the the class Got in it. question was from Arizona State. Got it. So I think the conspiracy theory. Based on everything else that she did and based on how the rest of that episode played out, I'm not buying the conspiracy theory that she knew or she believed that Babe Ruth was really a person of color and therefore should be at least recognized. And here's the thing. I don't necessarily think even if that's the case, all right, well, forget the history and everything about that, right? There's a much easier explanation to this which is she has no freaking idea 
about anything sports-related, like the majority of people that would be on a Jeopardy program. He's Why are we shocked at this? Uh, I'm not shocked at all, to be honest with you. Yeah, the reaction is like, oh, my God. You know, the hand to the face had, emoji. Come on. I had the same reaction. My benchmark is this. I usually will use my mom or my wife. If they know the answer, then the person who doesn't is an idiot. Even though this is the college. Like, think about this. It's a they college should know who, the, who broke. You should know who broke the color barrier. I think that we take a lot of things for granted. In Wait, this one, I guess we obviously are. Yeah, I no, thought look, this was. A, I thought this one was universally known. It's a sobering reminder, my friend, that we get caught up in this bubble all the time. Twitter just reinforces it, and then we're shocked when real life doesn't match up to it. It's amazing. with the root of the issues. It's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. Looking around just in the break, trying to find some Jeopardy answers, because this isn't the first time, of course. And as I mentioned, anytime a sports question comes up and the entire panel is stumped, Everybody is shocked in our world, our sports world. <laughs> now, I thought some of these would be actually laid out, but we might have to just play the audio. What was the NHL one? There was one with Wayne Gretzky, right, where somebody said Magic Johnson. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that one. Some guy named Joe said Magic Johnson had 11 NHL seasons of 100-plus assists a couple of years back. All right, so I'm going to send you that one, and we can see if, in fact, it's worse. Wow. All right, now, just on the surface, right, because you haven't gotten this yet, and as we speak, I'm sending it to you, but just think of that on the surface here. What's worse? And let's look at this in context here. I'm not saying Joe is some sports talk host who has his own podcast and is on local TV. I'm not saying any of that. But Joe said Magic Johnson had 11 NHL seasons of 100-plus assists a couple of years back. Meanwhile, our poor friend, this college-age young woman out of USC, didn't know that Jackie Robinson was the player that broke the color barrier. Now, I wonder at that point what could be. What, there are a couple, as I see, more and more and more of these. But that's the first one that jumped out was the Magic Johnson one. Funny enough, I actually grabbed that cut. Did you? This was back in, so it's in July, July 11th of 2017 is when I grabbed that cut. Uh, Yes, yes. When right. you said that, I was thinking back and I was remembering, okay, that sounds extremely familiar and there's a little story that goes on with it. Okay, so, so but do you I'll, have the audio and then we can I, run the story? I, I can play the audio right now. Let's do it. 100 plus assists in an NHL season has been accomplished only 13 times, 11 times by this player. Joe, who is Magic Johnson? Oh, no. 
Diane? Who's Wayne Gretzky? Wayne Gretzky. We're talking about hockey, not the NBA. So My the favorite thing is always when Alex is yes! so condescending. Yes! And that quick, oh, no. Yeah. Right? Like, like, dude. That's it. You're done. You're cooked. You're out. Man card. Ish, oh. You know, turn it in at the next, at the, on your way out, please. So, hold on a second. You know, when they go to break or after the show, you always see that quick little piece right on film. You, you don't hear the audio because it's when the credits are rolling and the music. But you see Alex come over and talk to people, right? So don't you think that at the very least he'd go up and say something to Joe or just ignore him and uh, like just completely it. ignore Joe, right? You got to ignore him. You can't say anything to Joe at that because you're afraid of what you'd say, yeah. and then it would go viral. Man, you know, I'm the idiot that missed that Wayne Gretzky question, but Alex Trebek said bleep, bleep, bleep. Now, again, this is the this is the bubble that we live in because during that time, and, and if she is listening, I hope she is because she, she frequently will. Um, we had an intern way back in the days, my favorite intern ever that we had um, here, and uh, she – was helping me out with the show that I was producing at that time. And she had no idea who Wayne Gretzky was. Never Nothing. heard of him. And I sat there and I just could not believe. Now, she's probably, I think she's in her mid-20s, you know, like 25 to 27 range or 24 to 27 range. Ah, she's older than that now. I would say 25 to 27 range, okay? Right. Definitely under 30 is what I'm getting at. And yes, yeah, she she had no clue who Wayne Gretzky was, and she knows sports. This is, and this is the other crazy thing is that she knows everything about football, basketball, baseball. I mean, she's a huge, huge baseball fan. She's been to more than half of the baseball stadiums, but okay. had no idea who Wayne Gretzky was. And still to this day, I won't let her uh, live it down. So I got to bring it up. No, that's fine. But I guess and... is but th- is that the bubble that we live in that we feel? If you could name one hockey player and your life depended on it, you would fall into saying Wayne Gretzky, right? Yes, and I think that the younger crowd would probably say Sidney Crosby. I don't even know. I don't even think that. You think, do you think they'd still say? I, still, I mean, Sidney Crosby, I mean, I know he's huge where, uh, in Pennsylvania and you know maybe the East Coast, but when you get out West, I don't know if Sidney Crosby just rolls off the tongue like that. Well, for hockey people, I think. For hockey people, sure, but right. I'm saying I think Wayne Gretzky should have been universally known. Well, yeah, I, I think that's, that's up there. Like, if if you don't know basketball, you would know who Michael Jordan. You've heard of Michael Jordan, right? If you don't but know I, golf, you've heard of Tiger Woods. Absolutely. And if you know tennis, you know Serena Williams. I think that yeah. it speaks a lot. And again, I'm not saying anything specifically about that person, but what I'm saying is. I think it speaks a lot about our sports hierarchy. And look, you're right. Our bubble is not just about sports and non-sports. We live in these small little bubbles about sports we talk about. How often right. do, from, you know, from when Tony D cracks the mic until Scott Farrell's off into the night, like how often is somebody bringing up for four or five minutes at a time the NHL? Very little, if L, right? Maybe the playoffs or some major event. So, yeah, you would think, come on, come on, you, you got to know who Wayne Gretzky is. But I think we get caught up, even us, like, in that small inside, inside bubble. We get caught up in that, not realizing that there are a ton of things that even sports fans don't follow. Even sports fans as a whole don't really know. And, look, there are a lot of, obviously, too, there are a lot of casual fans 
on some things, and it's like, oh, well, I'm an Eagles fan. All right, well, you're going to go to the Flyers game? Nah, you don't really pay attention. So I do think that there is this personal sports hierarchy that we set up, and wouldn't it stand to reason that at the NHL would just be at the bottom of the four, I think, maybe depending on what sport you love. Does it absolve this young woman, however, that we found someone like Joe? Does it absolve? Now, we found some other ones as well. So I'm going to keep trying to find a couple of these. And if you have the audio, let me know. If not, then I can just read them as far as the, the actual question and answer. But Joe is like top five, top three. When you look at the top ten or like the worst Jeopardy answers of all time, it's crazy, man, because you can look at it and some of these, I think, aren't really that bad. All right, so Beyonce and Jay-Z released the album Everything is Love under this collective name. Yeah, I would Do you know, know what it is? No. Okay, the answer is Bay-Z that this woman gave on Jeopardy. It's, according to the article I'm reading, hilariously wrong. It made sense, I guess, to her and her brain, Bay-Z. The answer is the Carters, which would make sense, right? That's their last name. Yeah, but I... Yeah, that's something I would not know. No, me neither. But it's looked at as a worse answer on Jeopardy than Joe, I'm reading on the ScreenRant.com account. I don't don't think it is. I don't know about that one. Me neither. All right, how about this? Kareem was actually on video giving this clue. Tell your old man to drag the 70s UCLA and Trailblazer Center and Lanier up and down the court for 48 minutes. Kareem buzzes in and proudly asks... Who is Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Well, Kareem left in 69. So it's Bill Lanier. Or N. Lanier yeah. was the thing. So Kareem got it wrong. He got his own thing well, wrong. Well, he didn't, he didn't listen to the question all the way. Okay. Is that what it or is? Or the answer, however, he just, in. Jeopardy. he just jumped in. I do know this about Jeopardy. And this is where Tony was letting me know because his brother was on Jeopardy. And he said that, you know, one of the things that does happen is that you have to time clicking that button perfectly. Well, yes. Because if you you click before the answer or before Alex Trebek is done talking, you're locked out. Right. And then then you have like nanoseconds to get it. And that's what you can see the person on TV if you're watching on the Twitch channel. Ferociously like clicking. Right. Like, da, 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 da. Holzhauer, a, a big part of James Holzhauer's strategy was actually timing the button out and betting aggressively and being the first to buzz in more often than not. And that's, that was the aggressive plan, which is you're better off being able to answer the question than locking yourself out. Like, you're better off locking yourself in to either answering it or losing money than you are locking yourself out. Let me give you this one. An image of Jack White appeared on the screen. The following clue was read aloud. A recent vinyl resurgence has been aided by this musician who built a pressing plant in his Detroit hometown. Now, what artist, what musical artist based off that clue and that picture do you think would be an answer that would take the cake as the worst Jeopardy response of all time? Eminem. Does that worse than not knowing Magic Johnson played basketball? Is that worse than not knowing? See, I think it is. As cra- as 
awful of a statement as this is, not that I'm making, but really a reflection of our society, the average person in our society right now, if you show a picture and you had a split box, right, and on one side was Eminem, on another side was Jackie Robinson, I have no doubt that more people know who Eminem is than Jackie Robinson right now walking on in this country. There are a lot of young people who probably don't, and it's unfortunate, it's a shame, it's terrible. We need to continue to honor and promote the legacy and the sacrifice and what Jackie Robinson did and tons of other baseball players afterwards who went through trials and tribulations alone trying to continue to break this color barrier. But let's be honest, we live in a ridiculously superficial society, so I do think that's actually worse than both sports questions, to be honest. Think about that. I don't know. I couldn't tell you Jack White's music from not, but I know that's not Eminem. Is that fair? Fair. Okay. <laughs> I just think it's ridiculous. Do we have any more of these? I don't know if you pulled any. No, I haven't seen any. Okay. It made zoological news in 2008 when Asian mouse deer were seen escaping predators by this means of locomotion. Now, Christine buzzed in and asked, what is a train? You see, locomotion must have thrown her off. She must have thought locomotion. You see, she, must, she probably timed it right. She got in first. Yep. But she thought, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, a, a locomotion train. I wonder why she didn't just start singing the song. Well, that's that's the only way you could bail yourself out at that point is singing the song. Right, one more time, let's listen to the USC. This is what started it all last night. Now, granted, she won because of her savvy betting at the end. None of them got it right when it came to Final Jeopardy. But this is the clip that got everybody in our sports bubble so happy that they could point to somebody smarter than them and make fun of them. One of the topics covered in a Major League Baseball course at Arizona State is this player who broke the color barrier in 1947. Schalke. Who is Babe Ruth? Nope. Nathaniel. Who is Jackie Robinson? Yes. Nope. See that? Nope. Well, let's just do this, all right? That's my favorite part. Yes, but I can tell you why the Joe one is worse, and I've just heard it. And I tell you what, if you can do this, maybe we can do this in the break, that's fine. We, meaning you, of course. But if you can isolate both no's, I would bet money right now when we come back that the oh no to Joe is much worse. It's much more of a devastating, and I'm not going to side with just the fact that this young woman's a kid in college. All right, She's old enough to vote. She's old enough to get railed on if she gets something wrong. But I guarantee you that the oh no you hear for Joe is ten times worse. At Shander Show is, hey, get me on Twitter, twitch.tv slash Shander Show. It's the second level. Beneath the surface, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's Aton Shander. Coming up second hour, it's jammed. We'll listen to Mike Trout reinforce something Seth Everett said yesterday on this program. We'll listen to Ron Culver try and stump me for now the fourth day in a row with fake news at 1225 and then 
at 12.40 Eastern. John McMullen, our NFL insider, will join us on the old Browns, Beckham, and, and other stuff going on. Also, we will work this in here. We will. You think that baseball is the only issue right now for purists versus new people, if you will. People new to the game. Baseball isn't the only one dealing with a major divide from purists to whatever you would call the opposite side of it. And I'll leave it at that. And trust me, no, this is not some ridiculous Jay Glazer tease. This actually will pay off, I promise. So let's listen one more time to our friend Joe, who completely botched this sports question that I thought would actually be worse than the one we heard last night, our young friend from USC. But this is Joe. And what I want you to hear in the two cuts isn't necessarily the answer. But as we've pointed out, Alex's response, this is what indicates to me that Joe's response was worse. 100-plus assists in an NHL season has been accomplished only 13 times, 11 times by this player, Joe. Who's Magic Johnson? Oh, no. Oh, no. Diane? Who's Wayne Gretzky? Wayne Gretzky. We're talking about hockey, not the NBA. Now, let's listen to Alex's response to our friend from last night. One of the topics covered in a Major League Baseball course at Arizona State is this player who broke the color barrier in 1947. Schauke. Who is Babe Ruth? No. Nathaniel. Who is Jackie Robinson? Yes. Quick dismissive but moves on. Not the near shame that you should feel response. It's a big difference. Set your system's volume control for slightly above the normal listening level. Let's go. Second level thinking is defined as looking beyond the easy, obvious conclusions. You've got to do some smart thinking. Welcome to the second level. To the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Where we go beyond the box score. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Rocket Mortgage is with you every step of the way. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's your host, Aton Shander. The easy one, right? Football had this issue 2007, 2008, really leading up to it. Back in 05, 06, when people put out this ridiculous, crazy fantasy that the NFL actually might be a better product if offenses are allowed to move the football up and down the field. Maybe even at will. Baseball is constantly dealing with resistance. The purists, those who have watched this game for decades, insist that it remains the same and it might be instant replay it might be replacing umpires with machine whatever it is there is always resistance and it seems to be that sport leading the way but let's be fair it's not the only one as i mentioned there were a lot of people about 12 years ago who stood up and tried to fight the nfl and you know what the nfl did nothing They continued to do exactly what they set out to do and told everybody they were going to do and told those people who had an issue, look, people are going to still watch this game. And if you're not going to hang out, if you're not going to be around, then that's on you. You go ahead. You miss the boat because we're here and it's only going to get bigger. And here you thought probably, again, back to our sports bubble, that Baseball or football to a lesser extent. NBA, which hasn't had as much resistance. Hockey has a lot of change and not nearly any at all. Would be the only entity subject to a battle in which a line was drawn and purists would have a fight. Well, Disney Plus 
has altered, digitally altered, a nudity scene in the movie Splash. This is a 1984, not cult, but classic. Daryl Hannah, Tom Hanks, John Candy. Now there's a war between movie purists and those who want a more family-friendly service. Now, I had, as much as I've railed on the purists in the past, and come on, come on, come on, really? What's Splash if you don't have that nudity scene? You might as well start having these tough discussions with your kids early. And if you're going to sit them down and watch Splash, then shouldn't they be able to handle it? You're listening to The Second Level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, with way more than the scores, here's Aton Shander. You can't do that, right? Yeah, I don't have kids. So I don't know what would be the appropriate age for you to sit down your son or daughter and say, we're going to watch Splash. And don't you think that you would already account for that nudity scene? I mean, do we really need Disney Plus? Do you, not we, because I don't have a parent, but I know that I don't need PetSmart or Petco or any of these other companies telling me how to manage my dog. Do you need Disney Plus telling you how to parent? Do you need Disney Plus making that decision ahead of time? You know, one thing I've noticed in this pandemic, and I don't know how many of you out there have. You can hit us up on Twitter at Shander Show. Ron's at Ron2NsCulver. Twitch.tv slash Shander Shows. how you can watch along as well. But watching a ton of reruns and a ton of old shows that have been repurposed now for years on TV. Big one for me. It's just mindless entertainment in the back. I don't have to think about it. There's actually some good self-deprecating humor in it. And it's actually not a awful show. I actually think some of it is pretty funny. That's King of Queens. You hear me talk about that a lot. I'll reference it and, and understand, of course, that it's not me referencing Seinfeld or The Office that the majority of people will get. So I usually have to explain it. That's fine. But what I've noticed, because I've seen every single episode multiple times, is you get a lot of stuff cut out. A lot of things, not even as far as just, oh, we took that word out. But in the similar case, not to the level of nudity, of course, on a network show, but you get a lot of things that were said maybe in the late 90s, early 2000s that would either be deemed offensive or it's just cut out to save time. And I remember it didn't even strike me until... I was telling my fiance, hey, you, know, you got to watch this episode of King of Queens. You know, trust me, I I probably logged in hours of HGTV to cash that in. But look, we got to watch this episode. It's really funny. You know, they set a camera up downstairs. You get to see Arthur, Jerry Stiller, you know, Frank Costanza, and Simon. You get to see him, and it's, it's a hilarious episode. And I'm watching it. I'm waiting for this one moment where I'm explaining to her before we watch it. It's the biggest, one of the funniest parts of the episode, and it's cut out, and they go right to break. So. The censorship or the cutting out or just trying to fit it into a 30-minute block, knowing that you have eight, nine minutes of commercials each 30 minutes. I get that there is some trimming, right? We do it here with radio stuff. Anything that's pre-recorded isn't 
always taken. Sometimes you might have to shrink a line or just take a uh, or something out to make it fit. But really, splash? And another thing that I didn't realize. See, it's one thing when you just see this story here pop up and you're thinking, come on, enough with the censorship. Really, if some parent is going to sit their kid down to watch Splash, then clearly they know ahead of time or at least are prepared ahead of time for a nude scene. But the other thing that got me was there are actually enough people out there to constitute a group of Splash purists. I mean, think about that. Up until today, I had no idea that there were enough people out there to actually form a group. Like, this is more than just a a 10-person group that you slide together, you know, some Zoom webinar that you throw together. This is enough people to actually be purists. Never know here. At Shander Show, twitch.tv slash Shander Show. Now, I'm curious... Ron, are you familiar with the nude scene that was edited out in Splash? Yes. Okay. And as a parent, if you were to sit down the youngest of your children to watch Splash when you think that moment is appropriate, would you want that scene edited? Um, yes, or would you just not watch in, Splash in, in the first place? No, well, I don't think I don't know if my kids would have any interest in Splash. Right. That's probably the big thing. Maybe you know they look at her and it's like that doesn't look like Little Mermaid. Um, but I I understand where you're going with this. Okay. In which way? Sorry, I inhaled spit there. I had a cough. Oh, okay. Sorry. Um, See, that's why I need you on the stream here, a visual, so I can watch you choke and then come back to life. Watch my face get red and look like I'm about to die. A lot yeah, of that's people always would like that, man. No, there is a um, – have you seen the movie, the Adam Sandler movie, Grown Ups? I have. The first one. I did not the, watch the, the very, second The one. first one. The right. second one actually I think is a little bit funnier than the first one because the, the second one is definitely dives into the more ridiculous, and Shaq is awesome. Um, the first one, though, there is a scene in there – that uh, we constantly skip over, or we have to, we're, we're cognizant about this one scene coming up so that we can fast forward through it so our kids don't see it. Now, I'm not going to say what it is. I'll tell you off the air, just in case there's kids watching. Hmm. But there's You don't want to spoil it? or I, I don't want to spoil it. If, if there are kids listening right now, I don't want to spoil what that Grown scene ups. is, yes. Okay, meaning like you don't want to run the risk of offending who's driving the car, or right. they may see the movie and be like, that damn Culver spoiled this for me. No, 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 the first one. Okay, okay. Well, that, then, that that's if, the case, that, then that I'm there on board kids, with that. There are kids' ears listening there. I'm not ready to ruin childhood yet. Okay, but don't you go into it. We go into it knowing that this scene is coming. We're prepared for when this scene is coming, and I am on. I am Johnny on the spot with the fast forward button to That's fast it. forward through said scene. Look, there's no new advent. There's no new piece of technology that's going to come out where you can watch something and not be able to fast forward. Right? Fast forward goes back to the beta. Forget the VHS. I mean, you go back at the earliest mode of you being able to pop something into a machine and watch it and control it fast forwards there so every parent i don't care if you're 40 50 or 80 years old you know how to work a remote that goes fast or back you can do that so why would you need disney plus to jump in here and eliminate 
Daryl Hannah. And, you know, part of me is, is upset because they're taking Daryl Hannah off the screen, and she needs as much time as we can get. You know, she's a legend. I'm just looking at it from a parent standpoint, I would be curious. But you did it right. You did exactly what I would anticipate a parent doing, which is, hey, scene or movie X has seen why we don't want our kids watching. Let's just fast forward. Get out yep. the room, kids. No, <laughs> no, it's not even get out the room. It's just fast forward. They think that it's, I mean, it's it's a very innocent scene. And every parent probably goes through this one moment. My kids probably think it's something filthy or raunchy. And okay. it's, it, it, it is not at all. It is just something that we 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 don't want our kids to see. We'd Got rather it. we'd rather them believe. Makes sense. All right, <laughs> let's let's listen. We had Seth Efron on yesterday, and he mentioned. That's why I ask you, man. He mentioned that Zach Wheeler and other players, of course, very concerned about returning to sports, returning to their job. Doesn't matter how much money people make, and we'll listen to a guy who makes a ton right now. But Mike Trout echoed that sentiment that Seth brought up yesterday, which is, yeah, we all here want sports to return, but the players, maybe not so much. Yeah, I think it's uh, different for everybody. Um, you know, uh, court, you know, play, obviously want to play, you know, as fast and uh, fast as we can get to a get to a city, uh, maybe Arizona. You know, they're flowing out Florida, but um, you know, being quarantined in a city. Um, you know, I was reading, you know, for if, if we play, you know, a couple of months, it'd, it'd be difficult, you know, for some guys, you know, people, what are you going right. to do with family members? Uh, my wife is pregnant. Uh, what am I going to do? And, you know, she goes into labor. Am I going to have to quarantine for two weeks after I come back? Cause, uh, you know, obviously I can't miss that, uh, you know, birth of our first child. That's the biggest thing. Birth of your first child, birth of your, I don't care. Philip Rivers is going to have another kid. It doesn't matter. This is something that a lot of people are going to overlook. There was a guy locally here this morning who has a gigantic platform that overlooked it. And Mike Trout's local in the Philadelphia, greater Philadelphia area, South Jersey, Millville, to be specific, halfway, if you will, from Philadelphia to Atlantic City. So South Jersey, Philly, we all claim him, right? So this has become a story that's national, of course, when he goes on the Tarico show, you hear the audio, but also locally here we had some vested interest because it's our own guy, Trout. And I think 99.7% of the people heard that and recognized this is a man whose wife is about to give birth. That's it. You don't need first child, just give birth. It's also about, as Seth Everett himself mentioned yesterday, this could be a baseball player who is living with someone already in the house that's high risk. And to leave, it's not just, well, I'm getting away and I'll be safe because I'll be quarantined one way. They'll be. It's what happens, worst case scenario, and now you can't return. These have to factor in to your decisions when you begin to, because I guarantee you we're two weeks away from this. We're two weeks away from people in the news, in the media, in politics, calling people like Mike Trout out, saying, ah, oh, get back to work. Get back to work, you lazy jack. You make $28 million a year. We're about two weeks out of that happening, and I just want you to at least understand now that it's way more than preserving their body or doing anything selfish for the amount of money that they make. It's everything driven, everything driven. By family. Fake news with Ron Culver coming up next.
Dealing with the root of the issues, it's The Second Level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts studios, here's Aton Shander. All right, fake news. Ron's got me three days in a row. He's got four stories. One of them is fake. We can't manage this with our time at all. Let's just jump into it. <laughs> we'll jump right into it. All right, story number one. A British vet celebrating his 100th birthday went out and raised $10 million for COVID-19 relief. Who did? A British vet who celebrated okay. his 100th birthday. Wow. And he did it by just doing laps in his backyard. Laps in his backyard? How many laps did he do? I have no idea. I mean, okay, well, he's 100 years old. How many laps do you think you can get in one stretch or one period? Now, of remember, time? he, I mean, he was, uh, he's a, he was a captain, the rank of captain, and he was over in India. Right. So I, I don't know if that means anything. But uh, yeah, he, uh, he celebrated his 100th birthday by raising $10 million for That's... COVID 19 relief okay. in, in England. What do you think? That's going to equal $10 million raised. What would that equal as far as an all-in challenge? I like, know, what, right? What would that be the equivalent of for, you know, that, that's actually, that, that makes me feel better. $10 million because some 100-year-old decided to jump in the pool and swim until he couldn't breathe anymore is much more inspiring than somebody paying to be on a Martin Scorsese set. I at least give that guy some credit. I hope this story is real just so we can continue to praise this guy. <laughs> All right, let's go. Uh, story number two. Unluckiest hockey fan ever wins a dream tip trip to the Stanley Cup final on The Price is Right. Whoa. So it was a showcase showdown? Yes. And part of the prize was on was season tickets? Say that again? I'm sorry, part of the prize was season tickets? No, uh, part of the prize uh, was a trip for four to the Stanley Cup final. Got it, Stanley Cup final. Now, Which he this, won. Which he won. Is it this year's? Yeah, it was 2020. It, so I assume this is a major rain check, right? Like Price is Right is not going to jack this from him and say, well, you know, pandemic clause, sorry. Not sure. Not sure what he chose, what the uh, what it says in the fine print of that contract he signed. Well, do you have any insight as to how screwed this person is? No, all I know is that he was super excited about it. Well, I would imagine, wouldn't you be? Yeah. At the very least, you could sell those. I, I can tell you this. He was a young guy. So you know in The Price is Right that they uh, there's a cash option. Available, like you don't have to take the prize if you don't want to. You can always take the cash equivalent. Is this only? Is that it? This is only for the showcase showdown, right? Well, like this was in, this was a part of the showcase showdown. I don't know what other prizes were available. I do. But know is that, that always available? Like, can you always go cat? Let's say you win a boat and dining set. Oh, you and... can do that with any prize. Okay, got it. So yeah, anything if you, you if, want, you can just get. If the cash you win value. a car. If you win a car, because what's expected, if you win that car, you're expected to pay taxes on that car. Absolutely. Well, don't you have to pay taxes on the cash anyway? Well, on some of them, yeah, but you can have that, like, you can kind of have that deducted if you decide to take the cash prize. Yeah. But you can, instead of taking a car home, say you're, you know, say you're fine, like, I like the car I have. I don't need a new one. I just rather have the, you know, the whatever that car is worth. You can, you can do the cash option. But this guy is young, who, the hockey fan, 
Right. And he and he just was given a trip where he and three of his boys can go to some place to watch the Stanley Cup final. You know he didn't go cash option on this one. No, absolutely. That that's a great point. So he's going weekend getaway. Here we yeah, come. Yeah. That's the difference. Exactly. So that's a tough one because it's so believable that he A would take it with his youth and also be totally backdoored and screwed by prices right now we're like ah sorry you know it's only for this year it expires at the end of the calendar year something crazy or stupid like that all right what's number three number three is that there's a a cult favorite a cult not a cult a cult favorite saturday morning tv show that is uh going to be rebooted and is coming to peacock tv a cult but not a favorite so C O L T, not cult. C U L T. Oh, cult. So like a cult classic. If cult you will. classic. And yes. this is in not a okay, not a Coors classic, but a not cult. a Coors classic. Right. Although you might want one with this with this TV show. You might rock a Coors cutter. You might. Is it Pee Wee's Playhouse? I'm not going to tell you yet. Okay, but I mean, part of this exercise. Oh, do you want you want the answers? Well, no, I don't. I don't want you, you to want tell to me. You want to know if, what I what I'm hinting at here? Well, can you give me a hint without telling me whether or not it was No, right? no, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. No, the, uh, Peacock TV is going to be rebooting uh, uh, Saved by the Bell. Oh, no. No, no. Give me that. That's where we go, Alex. Oh, no. My goodness. <laughs> Saved by – who's in it? The same people? Yeah. Don't they realize they had enough trouble convincing us they were in college in the college years? And now they're going to go back? Like, how could they reboot this show unless it's going to turn into some Melrose place? Is, isn't that really it? Like, you can't use Zach Morris as, what's his name, Mark Paul Gosseler? Yep. You can't use the same person. Why can't Why can't you have Zach and Kelly back together again? It would have to be, yes, but you can't have Slater it Slater and Jesse and Screech. And right, it would be all now. Now, okay, let's, let's assume that they reboot it, but it's today. Mr. Like it's Belding's still now. alive, right? Barely, but he's actually been like one of the biggest stars of it all. He's like a cult hero, man. The guy he shows is. up and everyone's like, Belding. I think Barstool made him famous. We all want to, we, well, we all want him to be our principal. <laughs> exactly right. Here's the thing Do you think they incorporate Screech? Like, isn't Screech currently serving a sentence for sticking a knife or sticking a knife at somebody? I, I, I think he's already out. He's already he's out. Right. Yeah, you know, Hollywood actors don't spend time in jail. Is he still considered a Hollywood actor? I mean, don't you have to technically be acting? Well, is he D-list at this point? All right, who's a bigger celebrity, Screech or Kathy Griffin? Mm. Let's start there. I would I have know. to say, God, that's you know what? That's like, um, that's like uh, one I don't care about. Well, yeah, <laughs> that's that's a perfect definition of a D-list celebrity. All right, who's who's a bigger celebrity, right? Uh, who are we talking about again? Not Kathy Griffin, the other person. I've already forgotten. Screech. Screech. Dustin Screech. Diamond. Yes, Dustin Diamond or Ben. Not Fred. Ben Savage. Who's a bigger celebrity? Who walks oh, into I the would, room? I, mm, I would say Ben Savage. No? No, I think no, it's... No, I was Screech. I think it's still Screech. I, th- right, I this, think it's still Screech. I hope this is real because I th- I think, this is I think, I think show Tep- tomorrow. I think Topanga trumps them both, though. Absolutely. Topanga's up there with Kelly as far as recognizable. All right, what's uh, the You're a little point? wrong there, but that's all right. 
Uh, finally, I don't know where I keep finding these uh, these stories from. But, Unless you're making uh, them up. Nah, I have another I have another Rise from the Dead story. A pure-hearted family man was murdered only to rise up from death days later, but he came back with a message for mankind. All right. See, a lot of these headlines are juicy, and I'm trying to figure out what the story is. So you have to understand that. I, I no, need... I understand what you're saying. Okay. All right, so let's go through this real quick. Here. So you got a British vet celebrating his 100th birthday by going out and raising $10 million for COVID-19. It's the last one I, I didn't quite get. Oh, a, a pure-hearted man, a yes. family man. A family man. Was murdered in cold blood, but only rose up from the dead because, again, he wasn't dead. Okay, so He wasn't this... technically murdered. This is another story that we had. Was it yesterday or yesterday. two days ago? Yesterday, okay, yesterday. We had, you know, we had a lady who, uh, which was I mean, real. They, they literally put her in a body bag. Yeah, she had to break out of the body bag. <laughs> yeah. That was the real story, right? Yeah. Well, no, they, she didn't break out of the body bag. Uh, they unzipped her, and when the morticians went oh, to, oh, they unzipped her. Okay. Yeah. Then went I to she prepare like, the body. She was just like, uh, you know, excuse me, I'm awake. Same story so, here, man. This guy was thought to be shot, dead, shot dead. And uh, came back, but he had an uplifting message when he came back. No pun intended. No, well, maybe. <laughs> Do we have any so, audio of the not, message? He, he's not going into a life of crime, right? I, I right. don't know the message. Oh, okay. I, I thought that you gave that there was some audio or, or something. Maybe no. the nine one one. I don't know oh if we'd want God. that. I don't know well, if we'd want I mean. that audio. I'd want the nine one one audio of calling some the nine one one service, somebody in the morgue, being like, "Oh my God! Oh my God! We've got zombies here." That would probably be worth it. That, that, that's true. <laughs> All right. So we've got the $100 million. 100 no, year 10 old, million. 10 million, 100-year-old. Yes. We've got... Hockey fan. Price, hockey fan, The Price is Right, and The Dead Body Rising. And don't forget Saved by the Bell. Reboot. I'm going to go... I'm going to go hockey fan. I'm going to go that The Price is Right is the fake story. And again... I'm gonna. I'm, the obvious one would be, well, it was real yesterday, so it has to be fake today about the guy getting shot rising from the grave like Altered Beast. But I'm going to ride out with the hockey story is the fake one. Right, do you do want to tell me or should we let Nick Mullen decide? Do we ride it through the break? Your call. How about that? All right. John McMullen next. Scratching beneath the surface, it's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's Aton Shander. All right, so to recap, we've got the four headlines. 100-year-old man raises $10 million for coronavirus, not for the virus, but to fight the virus by swimming laps we believe to be somewhere in the 50s at least laps in his backyard he raised more money than half of the all-in challenges so far that's number one number two contestant on the price is right won a four pack of tickets to the stanley cup final most likely chose that over the cash prize and is now pretty much sol because we believe the price is right is trying to pull the cord and somehow get out of giving him that four-pack of tickets because the Stanley Cup final will probably maybe not be played this year. We have the Save by the Bell reboot that's going to happen Saturday mornings. 
and we still don't know what's going to happen with Screech and how he's going to be factored in. And then finally, we have another story, like we had yesterday, another story of somebody dead that actually isn't dead. This person was shot and woke up alive in the morgue. John McMullen, at JF McMullen, joining us on the Progressive Guest Line. Is that an accurate recap, Ron Culver? First yeah, and foremost? Okay. no, that's, that's pretty good. Now, John, I said it was the Stanley Cup one. I'm curious, you hear the four headlines. Is there anyone that jumps out to you that would be fake? The guy swimming laps. Uh, I, I don't know if he could. I'm, I'm gotta, I got to clarify something real quick. I never said swimming. I said he was doing laps in his backyard. Oh, uh, he's doing laps. I can't imagine. So he's walking well, around. Well, he can do laps. That he could get more money. Did I hear that right? Well, he, Michael he, Rubin and he raised, all his uh, celebrity friends. Yeah, it was a British vet celebrating his 100th birthday. He's a vet, John. And he raised $10 million for well, I believe COVID he relief. Well, I free drinks for the rest of his life, but I don't know how he could raise more money uh, than a bunch of – uh, privileged superstars who what I'm saying. gotta All get in challenge. On they better media. better step it up. Uh, that, that's real. <laughs> no, we, we don't know yet. We wanted you in on this first before well, he, right. he, that, he that's went. My guess. He said the British that's vet. Yes. Before we bring you on as the Jacob Media NFL Insider here on the second level, we figured we would let you get a crack at the fake news segment. So John's locked. He hit the buzzer. He's locked in story one. I'm locked in story two. Ron, what say you? Uh, I'm locked. Uh, I'm, I'm locked out of a guy raising rising from the dead for the second day in a row. So that's fake. That's fake. I made okay. that one up. Uh, and he got wow. Me I, yeah, yeah. So yes. There is a British man. He uh, he went. He had a video. His his whole goal was to weigh, raise about a thousand two fifty pounds, and the video went viral. Everyone just started plugging money into it, and he raised close to the equivalent of ten million U American dollars for COVID nineteen relief. Wow! Yeah, and that's he did, a shocker he, to me. I, I, he literally I believe... just walked in his backyard doing laps around his backyard. Yeah, I believe. Works. People rising from the dead is more likely than <laughs> than, than that. An old man raising yeah. ten million. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that right? God bless him. Now, John, I know you you broke this news last week with me, so it wasn't for the second level audience yet. But not only have you never seen ET, but you refuse <laughs> to watch the movie. I'm curious. At any point of you spending time on this planet, have you seen the movie Splash? Uh, yes, I have seen Splash. Are you um, are you aware that Disney Plus has edited out the nude scene, the nudity scene with Daryl Hannah for? No, that's appalling. Office? That is appalling. I I was not aware of that. Uh, but I I got to tell you, it's been so long that I've seen Splash. I don't even remember uh, the nude scene, so it couldn't have been that great. <laughs> Usually, <laughs> those things are burned are burned in the memory. And Daryl Hannah was a big deal at that point. Absolutely. And I don't remember. So, John, let me ask you real quick, because I, I figured you watched Fast Times at Richmond High. You remember that news oh, scene. Yeah. See? Oh, God. That, that, yeah. one, that, one, that one burned a hole in your that, – that one grabbed exactly. onto a brain cell and never died. In okay. fact, when, when Netflix does that goofy thing when they say who your first crush is, mm. uh, anybody in that around at that age, uh, it's, it's Phoebe Cates. I mean, that is burned in everybody's memory banks. For me, it's Leah Remini. 
because she was she was the hot loudmouth on Saved, uh, by, Saved the by the Bell. Bell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, so yeah. I have to ask you, what's that worse? That was the beach season. That, absolutely. It's when they went away, went away to the summer vacation, the, the beach, the club. So what's worse? Ron brought this up. Now, we can't get into specifics because there are kids listening, and we don't want to ruin this for kids out there. But Ron brought up an example that happened in Grown Ups where something, you know, it, it could be something regarding a holiday. It could be something like, you know, a myth or, or something you tell your kids about who exists and who might come and give you money for something like these things, right? Is that worse to have a movie that spoils that? or to have the nude scene, like, in Splash? Because I feel like, you know, you would probably want to edit something regarding Christmas than you would regarding a nude scene. Spoiling, of course, Christmas, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, obviously, Disney ha- has a reputation of, of being family-oriented, but I think if you look at their history, there's enough strikes against them uh, from Walt Disney himself. I think they should get past, uh, a little bit of a nude scene and, and, and keep the creative process alive. You don't want to edit films. I mean, that's the film. Don't that's take right. it out. That's right. Now, how much of the creative process is going to be edited if, in fact, the Cleveland Browns trade Odell Beckham Jr.? Well, I think they'd like to trade him. Um, so they want uh, to. But, yeah, I, I, I mean, if you go back to the New York Giants and, and the criticism that Dave Gettleman got for, for dealing that guy, and everybody's in that, I, I don't know why. They're like, this guy's, a, and I hate this term. I, I brought it up to Mike McCartney, the agent, yesterday when he was asking, what term do you think is overused? He said one, one word. I, I asked for two, and my two is generational talent. And, you know, Think about that term, Aton. I probably discussed this with you before, but yep. generational means generational. That means you don't have one every year. So just because Odell Beckham can make a spectacular catch, he's not Jerry Rice, he's not Randy Moss, he's not a true generational talent, and much like Stefan Diggs, who got traded, he's a pain in the you-know-what, <laughs> and that's why he got traded. And sure enough, He's in Cleveland, everything's happy, and they want it. he's a pain in the you-know-what. So, I, I mean, at, at some point when guys keep getting moved, we talked about it with Brandon Cooks as well, there's something going on. There's something going on with him. Um, and, and coaches get tired of him very quickly. Um, so, yes, I think they would like to move him. Uh, it's easier said than done. That that Vikings rumor, that's just completely not true. Uh, they couldn't even fit him under the salary cap. They'd have to do some different things. So uh, so it depends. And, and that particular rumor is not true, but would they like to trade him? Yeah, I think seven, as soon as Kevin Stefanski got there, they were thinking about moving him and trying to move him. Is the money really the biggest obstacle, or is it trying to find a suitor? That's going to give you something of value back. Yeah, I mean, what? Yeah, the 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 one rumor was a second and a fifth round pick. I think because of his contract, that's what you'd be looking at, something in that range. Uh, so it's not going to be this astronomical um, asking price uh, to get back. And and part of the reason is the contract. 
14 million, I think, uh, cap hit for this season. Uh, and then the second part is, yeah, he's the value isn't what it should be from a talent perspective because he is a pain in the you know what. <laughs> John McMullen joining us, NFL Insider, courtesy of Jacob Media at Shander Show for me at JF McMullen for John on Twitter. So the draft, looking ahead, and I wonder if this is something that you would see playing out on draft night and also with the backdrop of knowing that it's not your typical draft and maybe with the whole issues of technology and apprehensive about people making trades and hacking and everything else. But do you think that this could, if it does go down, what's the likelihood of it happening draft night? You know, I... I, I... We were on a conference call, a Zoom call with Howie Roseman uh, today here in Philadelphia, and we we asked him about that and how would it, it would affect potential trades. Uh, and it, you know, as most GMs have when they do these types of of, of pre-draft uh, calls, uh, he's trying to stay the course and saying he's trying to keep everything as normal as possible. And he mentioned, look, when you when you do trades, it's not like and he used Joe Douglas, his ex-lieutenant, with the Jets as an example. It's not like he's in the room with you. You pick up the phone. So I, I don't think it's as big a deal as people are making it out to be uh, when you're talking about trades. But uh, I do think because of the uncertainty of how you're going to handle the draft board and how that stack and how that formulates as you communicate in-house, so to speak, in other words, how he's not going to be in the same location as Andy Weidel and everybody else in his personnel department uh, because of these social distancing guidelines. I think that creates the bigger problem. If, if you have the mentality you want to trade, you're just picking up the phone anyway. Nothing right. literally changes. So how do you get to that point? And I, from that perspective, I think maybe, and we're now a week out, I think maybe you have more pre-draft trades than normal uh, because people are a little bit concerned from that perspective. Uh, so maybe things happen a little bit quicker and things happen before the draft kicks off. That's a good way to look at it. John, I'm curious. There's a, a bet locally here on the board, PA Jersey. I imagine Vegas where Matt Peralta and others are out there about – who wins more games this year? And I understand I'm asking you this even ahead of the draft, so things change, but Jets-Giants, is there one that the situation you look at and think at the very least they could take advantage of something in their division, if not just a better team than the other? Yeah, I, I think the Jets, uh, for a couple reasons. One, uh, I, I don't think either – uh, division is very good, uh, at least when you project it this far out. I think you could argue they're both the AFC East, the NFC East are uh, could be the worst divisions in the in their conferences. Again, uh, New England is obviously going to take a huge step back, and really, if you think about it, Miami's not ready to take a huge step forward. Buffalo perhaps is, uh, but I don't think anyone looks at Buffalo and says they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. So I think the Jets are in a better situation, and they have more talent, and they have a quarterback who, in theory, at least is a little bit farther ahead the curve 
and then Daniel Jones and Sam Darnold. So I, I do think the Jets have an opportunity to be at least a pretty good team, and I think the Giants have another step to take. I think Washington uh, is the team. If you're looking for one of the bad teams in the NFC East to maybe take that step forward, I think it's Washington because of what their defensive line is going to look like with, after they get Chase Young. Thanks, John. appreciate it, man. You've got plenty of time until Tuesday to catch up on that seed and splash. I will catch up on that one. No ET, though. No, Not I yet. know. I, w- I wouldn't ask you that. Thank you, John. At JF McMullen. At Shanta Show for me. We'll wrap the hour next here on the second level. Dealing with, dealing with the root of the issues. It's the second level on SB Nation Radio. And on SBNationRadio.com. Presented by Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. From the O'Reilly Auto Parts Studios, here's Aton Shander. So I, I threw this out there at Ron in the break about doing this afternoon show now. Because I, I do a local show here Monday through Wednesday, so there's a lot of things happening. Thursday's kind of like... A weekend for me because Saturdays and Sundays are, are jammed beyond, of course, the network show I do right here, 6 to 9 Eastern, Saturday and Sunday. So Thursday is kind of like after this, of course, it's like, great, I'm off until tomorrow where we do it all again, 11 to 1 Eastern here on SB Nation Radio. So I was thinking, well, why don't I just do like this weekly thing on Thursday, 2.30, 3 o'clock, rip a six pack out of you know my beer of choice and just do like a, a 30 minute chat or whatever live. And I asked you if you thought that was a good idea, and, and you said you do you have done the Century Club. Is that what you called it? Yes. So we had the power hour at Gettysburg College where everybody sat around a room, and somebody had like a drum or a bell or something, and every minute that thing would go off and you'd take a shot of beer a hundred times over. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Now, is that the equivalent of drinking a six-pack in 30 minutes? No, it's actually the equivalent of drinking about, well, let's see. In 30 minutes, you do 30 shots, so that's a little less than three beers. Okay. Three, 30 shots, three beers. So that what you did, I'd have to double it, and well, that's what how I, I feel. What, uh, it's 100 beers in 100 minutes is roughly eight and a half beers. 100 shots in 100 minutes. Uh, 100, yeah. So eight and a half beers in 100 minutes. In 100 minutes, a little, like an hour and 40 minutes. All right, so you're talking about like four and a quarter beer in a, in a 45-minute period? Yeah. yep. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If I drink six and 30, then that would be like maximizing it, right? Be yes, like taking but I mean, you can't do that daily, can you? No, it would be, it would be weekly. <laughs> you, you'd, if you did that daily, you'd end up on 600-pound life. Absolutely. They'd have to cut me out of my studio. No, I'm not looking to do that. Drill Matt, a hole in the wall, crane you out. Matt Peralt, pushing the odds. Comes your way next. Unbelievable. We'll do it all again Friday.